Welcome again to Your Love Ministries, where this is a Holy Spirit-led podcast. Today, you will be encouraged, empowered, and inspired. We're going to learn all that God has for you and more about who our God is to us. I welcome you once again. This is Claire Carter. I'm going to be your host on this journey of becoming a disciple of Christ. We shall open up with the prayer. So, Father God, we come to you. On this moment, on this day, we say thank you, Father God, for giving us this opportunity to wake up, open our eyes, and be able to breathe and have function in our body. Father God, we just thank you so much for allowing us to come together, to be in one with you, to have our ears and hearts and our minds just open up to receive your word today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this podcast. We welcome you into this episode. We welcome you into our lives. We ask that you continuously keep your presence around us. Thank you, Father God. We glorify you and we praise you and we uplift your holy name because you are worthy to be praised in your precious mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom is Hebrew for peace on the Sabbath, which is Saturday. So I'm going to throw a little nugget out there to you all. So there is nowhere that it states in the Bible, whether it is a King James Version, New Living Translation, New International Version, the Message Bible, any Bible that you will find, there is nowhere, not anywhere in there that it states that the Sabbath day is worshiped on Sunday. Just a little nugget, people. Just a little nugget, God's people. So people tend to worship on Sunday because that was the day that Jesus was risen from the grave. Now, I just want to throw another little nugget that uh, Jesus actually honored the Sabbath day because he gave his life on the cross on Friday, honored the Sabbath, and he rose on the third day. So we are to worship the Lord on Saturday. Worship him Saturday through Saturday, but especially on this day to sanctify the day and keep it holy because it does state that in God's word, that we shall sanctify this day and keep it holy. So being said that, we're going to learn today about more of who God is we are, we, we've learned that he's Jehovah Yireh, the provider, Jehovah Rapha, the healer, Jehovah Shema, he is the Lord that is there. We learned Jehovah Shalom, that the Lord is my peace. And we should also understand that God is our everything, completion, beginning, and the end. So, or for all time till eternity. How about that? Today, we'll talk about God and his goodness. We find this once again, Your Love Ministries is going to refer to God's word, the Bible, his truth. So where we find God and his goodness, we can look in James chapter one, verse 17. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Boom, right there. Whatever is good and perfect, it's a gift that's coming down from God. So God is good. God in his goodness. Well, you can also find in Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And these are both out of the New Living Translation. I'm going to flop back and forth between the New Living Translation and the King James Version. 
So now we know God is so good. So we can even take a look in our life, look in our lives and see what gifts that God has given to us. The breath of life he has given to us because we are walking around, we're moving, we're able to live, we're able to work, we're able to be creative. Um, He provides for us. So God and his goodness. Now we're going to take a look at God and his grace. Grace is blessings that are unearned and not deserved. But because he is such a good God and loving God, he he looks over those things and we come to him and ask for forgiveness. And he, he looks at us once again, remember as his children, he's our father. And he looks at us and says, you know what? I forgive you, my child. You really don't deserve this, but I'm going to give it to you because I love you. God shows us his grace and his goodness. So we can find God's grace in Psalms 145, 17. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. Romans 3, 24. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this, did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. He freed us. So Jesus came, God created Jesus, Jesus came down to this earth. He gave himself voluntarily. They didn't take his life. He gave himself on the cross. And with him doing that, we were able to be free from the penalties of sin. And he gave us that grace. So we just should be thankful to God for his loving grace. And in Hebrews 4, 16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There will we receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Yes, because he is tender, loving and kind. Once again, he has his wrath with him. But yet when we come to him as his children, asking for forgiveness, asking for him to come into our lives, he he transforms and transitions us and he gives us that grace. He looks at us as his we're adopted as his children. We're in the heirs of his kingdom. We are the heirs of his kingdom. So next we find that God in his holiness. Holiness means completely absent from sin without a blemish of sin. So we can find in 1 Samuel 2, 2, no one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Wow. There is no one holy like the Lord. Wow. So now we also can look at Psalms 99, two through three. The Lord sits in majesty in Jerusalem, exalted above all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Your name is holy. Once again, holy. He is absent from sin. He is pure. We can also find in Revelations 4, 8. Each of these living beings had six wings and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day, night after night, they kept on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty, the one who always was, who is and who is still to come. Holy, holy, holy. There is none like our God. Now we're going to take a look at God and his eminence. Eminence means existing, operating within, being present throughout. We can find this in Jeremiah. It's 23, chapter 23, verses 23 through 24. Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. 
Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heaven and the earth, says the Lord? That's so wonderful. He's telling us, hey, I might be sitting high on the throne, but I'm close to you. You can find me wherever you need me. I'm not hiding from you. I'm sitting right here at you, at, at your, excuse me, just at your cry out, at your, or talk to, or at your need. I, I'm right here for you. I, I sit on high, but I look low and I'm your father. So praises be to God. Acts 17, 27 through 28, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him, we live and move and exist. And some of you own poets have said, we are his offspring. So his purpose is for for us to live through him. He's in us. We live and move and exist because of him. He is not far from us. And so many people Um, think that God is so hard to find and he's not. All you have to do is open your mouth and cry out to him and he hears you. He knows his children's voices. All you have to do is, is say, Lord, or say God, or say Jesus. And he is always right there. He is not hidden from you. We hide ourselves from God, but he never hides himself from us. Now we're going to look at God and his immunability. That means cannot be modified. He's unchanging. So God will follow through with plans, prophecies, characteristics, and promises. Powerful God. So his immunability. Malachi 3.6. I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. (laughs) God is very... uh, Matter of fact, he lets us know, you know, hey, he said, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed because he made a promise. He made a promise to the people. When he makes a promise, he follows through with it. In Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? God is awesome. Even though we come to him and we cry out, Abba, Father, I'm in this situation right here, right now. I need you, Lord. I need you. And just because he doesn't respond to us right then and there at that moment doesn't mean that he's not working it through and working it out for our good. A lot of times we want that drive through service or microwave quick meal, but we have to understand our lives can't work like that. He has to set things in place. He's still working even though we can't see him. And he's made a promise to his people. And if you are a disciple of Christ, if you are a Christian, if you are someone that follows the Lord truly, you will understand that there are so many benefits and so many promises unto us and digging deeper. And that's what we're doing. We're digging deeper and breaking things down in the Bible so we can understand what are these benefits? What am I gaining from having this relationship from God? What is God expecting out of me? What can I expect out of him? We can know these things. We can understand and know his promises. And he's never failing. He is never failing. In Isaiah 48, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Yes, indeed, it truly stands forever. There's nothing that can take that away. 
nothing. So now we look at God and his love. The main scripture, and this this scripture is actually what You Are Love Ministries is based on. John 3.16, this is the King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. To God be the glory. Look at God's love for him to send his son as a sacrifice because he loved his people. He loved the world so much. He loved his creation and he sent his son so he didn't have to destroy us all (laughs) as of yet, um, such as he did with with uh, Noah, you know, Noah in the ark. He had Noah build that ark and the flood came and he washed it all away. He was sad that he created all of that. And so we were given a fresh start. Not saying that the Lord's not going to come again. That's why we need to get our hearts and minds prepared in the Lord. So now learning about his love, we can also look at Romans 5, 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. He did not leave us alone. So God had sent Jesus, Jesus, when he was descending from the earth and he said, hey, I have to leave so the comforter can be sent. The comforter is the Holy Spirit. And that is when you accept Jesus into your heart, what you're doing is accepting the Holy Spirit into your being. Remember, we live and move and have our being. We exist because God lives inside of us. So uh, John 4 and seven, and then 16 through 19. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves a child of God and knows God, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment but we can face him in confidence because we will live like Jesus here in this world. Listen to this people that if you can go back and meditate, just focus on first John chapter four, verses seven. And then I skipped 16 to 19. And, and it explains that we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in him. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. So we want to be like God. We want to have the Jesus shining through us. We want people to feel comforted when they're around us, not scared and afraid or think that we're so much better than people, better than anyone else. What we have to do is realize to be humbled in the love of God. So thank you, Lord God, for your love. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. So the reason we get afraid, the reason we become afraid is because we're lacking the confidence of the love of God inside of us. So what we need to do is step up our game We need to remove all these sins from our life. And yes, things are going to happen here and there. And that's why we come to God for repentance. Dear Lord God, please forgive me. And being having repentance and coming to God with repentance is saying, Lord, I'm sorry for doing this with all my heart. I do not want to do it again. Turn away from it. That doesn't mean you come to God and say, Lord God, I'm sorry. And then go do the same thing the next day. He is a forgiving God and we need not to abuse that. So now we learn about God and his mercy. Mercy is compassion, forgiveness towards offender or a sinner, us. So Romans 9, 23 and 24, he does 
this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy, who are prepared in advance for glory. And we are among those whom he selected, both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. In Ephesians 2, 4, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. And then we find in Titus 3, 5, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Amen. God in his mercy. God and omnipotent, unlimited, very great power, omnipotent unlimited, God having unlimited and mighty great power. So in Jeremiah 32, 17, we find, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. In Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is possible, but with God, everything is possible. In Romans eleven thirty six, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is tended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Ephesians 1, 11. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God is almighty. He is all powerful. And I pray that you learn this and accept this in your life. We now look at God and his justice. Justice meaning judgment in the way people will be treated. Okay, so God and his justice. Deuteronomy 32, 4. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright is he? Isaiah 30, 18. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Wait for his help, people. It is not for us to take when you're going through something or someone comes against you on something. It's not for our hand to take place on it. We should come to him and pray, Father God, what do you want me to do? This person hurt me. This person went up against me. This person has a lawsuit against me. This is going on. That is going on. And we look to God and seek his justice, not our own. Because when we do that, we're doing that at a faithfulness to know that he is going to cover us and protect us and take care of us and guide us properly. But once our flesh rises up and we get frustrated or angry in the situation, we react without thinking. We react in foolishness. So we need to seek God in his justice. And Romans 12, 19, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. So we need to leave it in the Lord's hands. God and omnipresence being everywhere at the same time. Job, uh, I'm sorry, let me go to Psalms 139, 7 through 18. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up in heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, if uh, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. 
You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. So praise the Lord. He is present at all times with us, present at all times. God and his omniscience to know every and all things. Psalms 147, three through five says, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. First John 3.20, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Thank you, Lord God. Now we look at God and his sovereignty, his supreme power. Proverbs 16.9 says, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Praise the Lord. So we can think and want all day long of what we're going to do, but it's the Lord God that orders our steps. Jeremiah 32, 27, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is there anything too hard for me? Rhetorical question, people. Is there anything too hard for God? Absolutely not, because the Lord God, the Lord, our God has supreme power. God and his transcendence. The last one here. Transcendence is exceeding past normal limits, higher above all, nothing that matches so Isaiah 55, eight through nine, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as heavens are higher than earth, so are my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Psalm 95, three through five, for the Lord is great, a great God, a great King above all gods. That's a small G. <laughs> he holds in his hands the depth of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed by the dry land too. So our big capitalized G-O-D is a great king above all little G-O-Ds, okay? He holds the hands and uh, holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. Psalms 113, five through six. Who can be compared with the Lord our God who is enthroned on high? He stoops to look down on heaven and earth. Romans 11, 33 through 36. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible is it for us to understand his decisions and his ways? For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who can know enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? No, not one, because the Lord God Almighty, there is nothing beyond him. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do right. And that is a beautiful scripture to live by because God's word is truth. God's word should inspire us. He lays it out. Bible stands for B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. He lays it out for his people. He says, hey, look, this is this is a manual for you to get through this life so you can reside in the heavenly kingdom with me one day. But I need you to follow the instructions here. That's like you're trying to put together um, something, a cabinet or a table set or something, and you don't follow instructions. You don't want the, the leg of the table to go to onto the leg of the chair. 
You have to follow the instructions. So you're placing the proper legs on the chair, the proper legs on the table, and you're formatting it the way it needs to be. So you have a successful outcome. Otherwise, you're going to have a lopsided table and your, your chair chairs are going to be taller than the table and the table is going to be smaller than the chairs. <laughs> so let's follow the instructions, people. Because right here, 2 Timothy, once again, 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So I pray on this day that you receive the understanding of who God is even the more to us, his goodness, his grace, his holiness, his eminence, his immutability, his love, his mercy, his omnipotence, his justice, his omnipresence, his omniscience, his sovereignty and his transcendence. I pray that you were inspired and you were able to learn and, and just exalt the Lord God at this moment and say hallelujah because you see all these things that he is to us. And if you believe God's word and you know that God's word is true, this is all truth that came from his word. So we should give him constant praise and just say, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace, because I know I didn't deserve it, but you gave it to me anyway, Father God with him and his holiness to show us how he expects us to be. Of course, we're not perfect, but we can be molded and made perfect in his sight. He is just so wonderful. And I pray that on this day, you, you've you got to learn so much more about who he is to you, who he is to me, who he is to us as a powerful, supreme, almighty, all-knowing, being everywhere at the same time, God. And that's only the capital G-O-D that could handle these things for you. So thank you so much for listening once again. Father God, please bless us with your presence. Continue to bless us with your presence, Father God. We say thank you, Lord God, for your word and your truth, for us to know more and have a more intimate relationship with you. Thank you, Father God. I pray that you bless all of the listeners. I pray, Father God, that their ears, hearts, and eyes are open unto receiving more of you and to receive more of who you are, and they can understand who you are so they can open up and be just so glorified by you, Father God. And we just thank you and we want to glorify your name and we give you all the honor and we give you all the praises because you are beautiful and wonderful. And we say thank you and hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest praise. And Father God, you deserve all the hallelujah and your mighty precious name, Jesus. We do glorify and praise you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. And we look forward to speaking with you and, and you hearing from us again. Stay blessed, be blessed in Jesus' precious name.